Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 21 of Extreme Evil Cast, uh, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Uh, happy holidays! <laughs> May I be the first to say happy holidays, and more specifically, uh, Merry Christmas, uh, if you celebrate Christmas, of course, and if you are listening to this on the day of release, uh, Merry Christmas. I hope you all are having or have had a amazing holiday season. Um, I know I certainly will, <laughs> because of course I'm recording this in, in you know in advance, so I don't know how my Christmas is going or how it will go because you know obviously time doesn't work that way. You don't need me to tell you that. Uh, I hope everyone's having a good day so far, though. Um, whenever you are listening to this, may it be on Christmas or just any other day. Um, today is. Uh, the day where we are going to finish, I say I say our, and we, like there's multiple people here. Uh, today is the day where I'm going to be finishing my uh, review of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, and because it is the Christmas season, uh, I'm going to keep this episode pretty short. <laughs> uh, not too long. I don't think you would blame me, or anyone would blame me for that. Uh, I uh, don't have a lot of time to record or prepare because I've been busy at home with the holidays and stuff. Um, so I'm just going to wrap up what I have been talking about for the past three episodes, and then next episode we can we can get started on more Pokemon things, really go in-depth with news. Uh, I'm not going to talk about news today, uh, but I am going to just finish up my review and give my final conclusion of Pokemon Sword and Shield, what I think about it, everything else that I didn't talk about, um, basically stuff like that, uh, so we can get back to normal Pokemon stuff. But first, before we get into that, uh, before we wrap up my feelings about Pokemon Sword and Shield... Uh, I'm going to do um, Random Pokemon of the Week, everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random Pokemon every week, and uh, or every episode, and this episode's Pokemon is Cloyster. Uh, Cloyster is number 91, one of the original 151, uh, and it is the bivalve Pokemon. It is a dual-type water-ice Pokemon introduced in Generation 1. Uh, it evolves from Shelter when exposed to a water stone, uh, it ha- it is a 50-50 male-female ratio. Uh, it's 4.11. I mean, I didn't expect it to be very tall or very big, but, you know, it's it's pretty size. It's pretty sizable. Uh, 1.5 meters, by the way. Uh, it is also 2.9... Or two, 292 pounds. Sorry, not 2.92 pounds. Jesus Christ. 132.5 kilograms. Um... I mean, yeah, it's Cloyster. <laughs> um, it's a pretty popular Pokemon. Um, pretty infamous for its suggestive demeanor. I'm not going to say anything about that because this is a family-friendly show. Uh, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Cloyster, I, I, other than that, I really do like Cloyster. I think it's a because it like it opens up its whole thing is that it's like a bivalve or like a clam that opens up sideways which is obviously something that clams don't normally do um you know um let's read some pokedex entries from this is from the original red blue yellow when attacked it launches its horns in quick volleys its innards have never been seen wow a little bit of mystery there for protection, it uses its harder-than-diamond shell. It also sp- shoots spikes from its shell. Its shell is so hard, it can even withstand a bomb. No one can, no one ever, ever seen what's inside a shell. No one? Ever? Really? 
you think somebody would get curious and do a little bit of experimenting. Uh, this is from Gold and Silver. Once it slams its shell shut, it is impossible to open, even by those with superior strength. Cloisters that live in seas with harsh tidal currents grow large, sharp spikes on their shells. Um, it swims in the sea by swallowing water and then jetting it out towards the rear. The cloister shoots spikes from its shell using the same system. Like a real clam, except for the spikes part. Um, fire red leaf green is the same as red and blue. It, fi it fights by keeping its shell tightly shut for protection and shooting spikes to repel foes. Wow. Wow. Sword and Shield uses the same one from, uh, from gold and silver. Interesting. Um, what else about shelter? Or cloister, sorry. It has a 100% chance of holding a silver leaf in the original games. Introduced in Generation 2? What? This must be wrong. So in red, blue, and yellow, it has a 100% chance of holding a silver leaf, but a silver leaf was introduced in Generation 2. It sells for 500 gold. 500 pokey dollars. Why did I say gold? I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons too much. What is the deal with that? What is? How does that work? How, excuse me? Oh, hold on. There's an asterisk. This Pokemon must be traded to a Generation 2 game in order for the item to appear. Are you telling me that if you catch a Pokemon from red, blue, and yellow, it has a 100% chance of holding an item, but the item is only available to you if you trade it to Generation 2? Did they plan that? Did they know that they were going to be making Generation 2 early on? And it was like, hey, what if we include this, this Pokemon? All right, hear me out. That holds a move or holds an item that's only worth like 500 gold. It's not even that good of an item. It has nothing to do with the Pokemon. And if you trade it over to this new game that hasn't even been created yet, that's the only way that you can get it. <laughs> okay, sounds weird, but I guess like that's such a weird, that's such a weird thing. I don't understand why that's a thing. Anyway, uh, Cloyster is tied for with Mega Slowbro for the highest base defense stat of all Water-type Pokemon. Cool. Cloyster and its pre-evolution share their category with the name Clampearl. They are both known as the Bivalve Pokemon. Wow. So cool. Also, I really like the sort of... Not theory, but like the, the meme that... Ghastlies are just dead cloisters because they look their big their head looks the same. I really enjoy cloister. I think it's a cool Pokemon. Like it's got its like head inside of the clam. I know you don't need me to tell you that, but like I don't know. I think its design is really cool. Even after all this time, uh, and being oversaturated with Generation One, I still think cloisters are really cool Pokemon. I enjoy its design. I think it's really cool. Um, it's shiny. See, what's interesting about Cloyster to me is that Cloyster was one of the first shiny Pokemon I ever got. Um, it was the first, it was the second shiny Pokemon that I ever hunted for. Uh, I had gotten random shiny Pokemon before that, but Shelter was, or Cloyster was the first one, I guess Shelter technically, 
was the first one that I ever hunted for, or the second one that I ever hunted for. And I did it in X and Y with chain fishing, and I was super happy and proud that I got one, even though uh, chain fishing in, in X and Y is like the easiest way to get Chinese in the world. So looking back on it, it's not a very interest. it's not a very good uh, accomplishment, but I was happy nonetheless. I was young. It was like X and Y had just come out. I had just beaten the game, and I'm like, I'm in a shiny hunt. And like the second one I did was just like chain fishing, and I got a I got a shelter, and I named it something extremely cursed, but I'm not gonna say it on stream because it's uh, not family friendly. <laughs> because I was a kid, uh, or at least I was younger then, and I was stupid. Anyway, um, cloister shiny. I mean, it just look it's just blue. <laughs> like what else can I say? I think this is a, this is a situation where I like the earlier ones more than the one uh the the 3d games because uh in the old games in generation three and up okay actually no hold on a minute so in generation two it was like a pink because it was like they couldn't really make like a blue all right so i'm gonna excuse that it looks okay it doesn't really, it just looks like a lighter more saturated version of its normal counterpart but we're not gonna worry about that generation three and had a very dark blue, or like a navy blue. Almost very similar to the color that they had in the 3D games. But then in Diamond and Pearl and Black and White, it's like a, it's like a much lighter blue. And it looks a lot better. And then in 3D games, it became just back to the, to the navy color. So I'm going to say... That the this is this is so weird. Okay, I'm giving this this Pokemon three different shiny rankings because they're all different. Look at Cloyster shiny sprites, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Generation two is a five out of ten. It looks okay. It's just like a brighter, more saturated pink. It's cool. Actually, no, I'm gonna give it a six. Six out of ten. It's okay. It's cool. Generation three and the 3D games, I'm giving a four out of ten because it's just blue. <laughs> but the lighter blue from diamond and pearl is pretty good i'm gonna give that one a seven out of ten so we have a five out of a six out of ten a seven out of ten and a four out of ten i think that's like i think that's like a five or like a six out of ten average something like that 5.5 maybe uh, i'm just gonna say six out of ten average it's okay. It's just blue. They could have done something different, but I don't really, I don't really blame them for doing what they did. Not, literally, nothing else changes except for the blue, except for the pink turning into or the purple turning into blue. So that's it. That's not all I can talk about. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the Smogon version of uh, of Cloyster, and let me just tell you for anyone who is not knowledgeable of, of competitive Pokemon, Cloyster is a beast. Well. It's not necessarily a beast. It's just really annoying. Uh, and that's the problem. <laughs> uh, so, Cloyster's abilities are Overcoat, Shell Armor, and Skill Link. It is an HP of 50, an attack of 95, a defense of 180, a special attack of 85, a special defense of 45, and a speed of 70. Uh, this is written by Justoon Smiths. So, um, Cloyster is an interesting thing because it can actually um it can actually be used in uber because of its access to spikes and rapid spin 
as a suicide lead. So you just like you send it in, you put out spikes, you get hit once, and then you put out spikes again. Uh, essentially, that's what it is. <laughs> and and you can also use um, ice, icicle spear, if you need to. Uh, but I'm gonna focus on the more uh, not gimmicky version of it well i say not gimmicky you know take that with a side of salt because it's very gimmicky but you know what i mean uh, this is written by justine spitz this is a long one so buckle up cloisters unique access to spikes shell smash skill link and icicle spear allows it to act as a potentially fearsome wall breaker or sweeper that can bypass substitute and sturdy as well as pressuring high rival entry hazard setters such as nido queen and rapier while still being able to set up hazards itself Thanks to its enormous defense and use of a focus sash, Cloister is almost guaranteed to set up either Shell Smash or one layer of spikes. While those attributes sound incredibly appealing in RU's more offensive metagame, keep in mind that Cloister lacked coverage to hit common steel types such as Registeel, Metagross, and Bronzong super effectively. Cloister's defense is amazing, but its special defense combined with its relatively low unboosted speed usually leaves it threatened out by Pokemon like Roserade, Raikou, Gardevoir, and Mega Sceptile prior to boosting. Its bad defensive typing also leaves it vulnerable to all entry hazards, especially Stealth Rock and fighting types like Machamp, Toxicroak, and Beware. It also has to be cautious of taunt from Pokemon such as Mandibuzz, Houndoom, and Vanillax, which stop it from setting up spikes and boosting with Cell Smash and making it much less dangerous. Cloyster is also shut down by status conditions, cutting its sweep short. Even if Cloyster does set up, it is easily shut down by priority moves such as Bullet Punch on Machamp, and a cell rock from Lycan Rock Dusk. Cloyster faces a lot of competition for a spot on the team. Uh, as a physically offensive water type, it has to compete against Barbarical and Colossopod because both of them have a stronger offensive presence before boosting and are better at pressuring steel types. As a spike setter, Roserade and Colossopod are arguably more appealing because Roserade is faster, applies immediate offensive pressure without having to set up, and has all the tools it needs to pressure entry hazard removers, while Cloyster usually has to res resort to Explosion, and Colossopod does not have Cloyster's fighting weakness, so to can pressure steel types with Liquidation, has priority in Aqua Jet, and first impression, Jesus, way to, uh, you know, roast Cloyster, and can pivot with Emergency Exit, like, wow. Be a little more harsh, would you, poor thing? Poor, I mean, it's it's extremely gimmicky just because of the fact that it has skill link, uh, which means the Pokemon's multi-hit attacks always hit the maximum number of times. So Icicle Spear, obviously a multi-hit move with skill link uh, and with Cloyster's high-ish attack and boosted attack uh, EVs, it is insanely strong. Um, with, with Shell Smash, obviously. Shell Smash... Uh, boosting its speed and attack, um, but lowering its defense, which it has plenty of, um, it really doesn't matter all that much. <laughs> so Shell Smash is essentially non-detrimental to Cloyster, uh, given that it already has such a high defense anyway, so its skill link just becomes a threat, especially with a Focus Sash, like, oof. Uh, anyway, its uh, move is Shell Smash, Icicle Spear, Spikes, Explosion, or Rapid Spin. Uh, with a Focus Sash, Ability Skill Link, Jolly, which raises speed and lowers special attack, uh, and EVs are 252 attack, 4 special defense, and 252 speed. Um, there's a lot here. If, you, if you're interested in learning more about Cloyster, I recommend going to Smogon.com 
uh, and looking up the cloister because it's it's got some cool sets. It's got like a monotype set, which is pretty much the same thing. Uh, battle spot sim battle spot singles. Um, it has it has a really good chance uh, with 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 shell smash and, and like a king's rock with the flinching ability. It's pretty good. Uh, I like it <laughs> personally. I like it a lot. Um, and I want to use more of it, even if it is kind of annoying and like universally despised because of its gimmickiness, kind of like, uh, Cincino, but it's like a more powerful Cincino with skill link, or I guess a lot of Pokemon have access to skill link, Heracross, Mega, Toucanon, Ambipom, that's it, <laughs> Cincino, that's it, really, so like five Pokemon, that's not bad. Does Heracross Mega really have Skill Link? Is that what it uses? Really? It becomes Skill Link. Pin, Missile, and Rock Bust. I don't think I've ever used a Mega Heracross. So I didn't know that it got that it used Skill Link as like its main ability. I didn't know that. Its only ability is Skill Link. I didn't know that, actually. That's very interesting. That's cool. I like it. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on. So now is the time where I'm going to talk briefly about, not maybe not briefly, I'm not sure, I can't really say, I can't really speak for myself there, because I don't know how much I'm going to be talking about it or go on tangents. Uh, we're going to f conclude my review. Uh, I wanted to have today be sort of a shorter, just kind of relaxing episode um, for me and also for everyone listening, just because, you know, it's Christmas time, it's the holidays, it's the holiday season, don't worry too much about listening to go listen to podcasts, go, um, go spend time with your family, <laughs> if you can, go spend time with friends, go relax, do something, I was gonna say productive, but that, I mean, listen to podcasts if that's what relaxes you, but, you know, spend time with some family, um, I don't remember the last time that I listened to a podcast on Christmas. So, you know, maybe maybe I can't speak for other people, but, you know, go go have a good Christmas time. Go have a good holiday season. Have a good New Year's. Of course, this is the last episode of EvoCast uh, of, the, of 2019. Of course, I started in 2019 in February, beginning of February. So only two more episodes until the one-year anniversary. I'm very excited. I'm going to do something special, uh, most likely. And I'm very, very excited about that opportunity. Um, so keep on listening to the podcast up, uh, weekly, or uh, bi-weekly if, uh, if you're interested in that. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do something fun. Maybe do like a talk about the podcast, podcast, <laughs> do an episode of my podcast where I talk about my own podcast, uh, just because it's the, it's the year and I want to, I want to celebrate. Uh, but anyway, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, um, six things. Uh, today and then go into a conclusion we're going to talk about the music the post game the battle tower um the camping the pokemon camping which i don't think i talked about last time i i can't remember uh but we're going to talk about it anyway uh and mm, things to do after you've completed the game uh as well as just a final conclusion for the seven topic so first topic is the music the music oh so good. I have been listening to a lot of the music in Pokemon Sword and Shield on repeat for the last few weeks. Oh my lord, it's so good. You know, it's already been out. The game's already been out for more than a month now, and oh, the music is so good. Hop's theme is so good. Bead's theme is so good. Marnie's theme is so good. 
Oh, everyone's theme is so good. The champion theme is really good. The gym leader theme is really good. All the the battles are so good. The battle themes are so good. Um, like I could talk about, I could, oh, I could talk about so many things. Hop's second battle with like the salsa music. Hop's first battle with like sounding like a, a Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga battle theme song. Like <laughs> it's so good. The music in Pokemon Sword and Shield, they really outdid themselves with the music. I always thought that, that um, Sun and Moon's music was lacking a little bit. Like, I think it made up for it because the battle theme and the trainer battle theme, like the wild battle theme and the trainer battle theme were so good. Um, I I kind of just like blew it off and said, oh, the music's great in Sun and Moon. But honestly, it's not too good. Like, I, I think a lot of the music in Sun and Moon is very forgettable because like, I can't even really remember, like, the gym leader music or, like, the trial captain music, you know what I mean? Um, or, like, any of the town music except for uh, Halua City was really, really good. I remember, like, the second city you go to with, like, the training school and stuff. That was okay. Um, but anything else other than that, I don't remember. I mean, maybe it's because I haven't played Sun and Moon in a long time, but, like, honestly, I can't remember a lot of the music in Sun and Moon. But in, maybe it's because Certain Shield just came out. Uh, maybe it's because it was forgettable. I'm not sure because I can remember a lot of music from the past games, just not Sun and Moon. And I think that's because uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not saying all music in, Sword and, in Sun and Moon was bad. I just think that overall it was lacking a little bit. Uh, but compared to Sword and Shield, I think that Sword and Shield is amazing in terms of music. Sorry if I'm like burping a lot. I'm, I apologize for that. <laughs> Uh, but Sword and Shield's music is so good. The the wild battle theme and the trainer battle theme, two of the most common battle themes, or two of the most common themes in the game, are lacking a little bit, I must say. I don't really, I'm not extremely fond of them. I don't, like, really enjoy them all that much. Like, they're okay. They work as, they work what they do. They do well what they do, but they're kind of lackluster, uh, which is maybe a good thing not a good thing obviously but it's different because a lot of the times the battle music and the wild battle music are so iconic um but like they put more focus on the more obscure tracks like the battle tower theme all of the all of the different characters themes um the gym the the, the elite four quote unquote the um the champion like it's all oh, the music is so good um a few other notable tracks that i think aren't very good is uh team yell could be better that the team yell battle the you know the the team battle uh, song is pretty forgettable um though i will say that pierre's music or pierre i don't know how you pronounce his name uh the dark gym is pretty good uh they went kind of with like a remixed version of that and it was okay i liked it a little bit uh, the Elite Four was okay. It wasn't great. They tried to do like a remix version of the Gym Leader theme, but they kind of threw out all of the things about the Gym Leader theme that made it good and just like kind of watered it down a little bit and it wasn't super great. Um, I'm being very critical. The me All of the music in the game was extremely well made and well composed. You know, kudos to them for making such an amazing soundtrack. I'm just, you know, putting out there what songs I think were maybe a little bit weak. Um, like the Gym Leader theme was amazing every single one of the three phases you know there was the first phase which is the you know the, the 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 whole music essentially and then there's the second phase which i don't think a lot of people know or talk about because it's my favorite 
Uh, and it's the se- the second phase is when you are just choosing a Pokemon. And I think a lot of people just skim past it. But they have their own... There's their, There's a separate version of the song that arguably is better than the first section of the song, the main section of the song, that plays when you're choosing your Pokemon. And I think it's really good. Obviously, my tastes are different from you. Obviously, everyone is allowed to have different opinions. Maybe you love the Team Yell thong song. Maybe you love the Team Yell thong, is what I just said. Uh, maybe you love the wild battle and the, the trainer battle music. You know, more power to you. i just telling you what I think was lackluster about it. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, and then the third part of the gym leader song, ooh, so good. The the atmosphere that a lot of the songs do in this game, with the you know, uh, with like the chanting and the stadium aesthetic, like the champion song when everyone started singing and chanting the Hall of Fame music, I almost cried. I think, and in the gym leader theme where they're they're yelling and they're cheering for you when you Dynamax a Pokemon, and in Hop second theme when you can hear people cheering, it's so good. <laughs> it's such a good like. It's so different because it feels like it's important. In the other, in the old Pokemon games, it just feels like you go into the gym and you just do it, and nobody nobody lists, nobody cares, nobody watches you, nobody congratulates you at the end, and other you know other than like the one dude who gives you a fresh water if you decide to talk to him you know it's like but in this one everybody knows you and that is you know shown by the people around you talking about you on tv to talking about you when you walk by them and also most importantly the yelling and the cheering when you battle it's so good it is amazing how that makes you feel when you play the game and it is it is a great addition and I just hope I hope they just continue doing it for every Pokemon game you know mix it up a little bit but that sort of aesthetic is so nice it's it's so good and I adore it Uh, a few other notable songs that I'd like to talk about are is the slumbering weld with the and and of course the music that is accompanied by that with the post game or the the post game yes but also the battle with um Etronatus and you know the with the with the legendary dogs uh you know the the box the box duos Ashin and Samusenta sort of have that like howling as an instrument in the background and I love it I wish I like I wish they did more with that I love the fact that they use like a like a sample of a dog howling as a instrument in in many songs regarding Zashin and Samusenta. It is an amazing addition and it's it's so good. I love that they did that. It works so well. Uh overall, uh I'm gonna give my rating for the music a an eight point five out of ten. I can't quite give it a nine because a lot of the songs are lacking a little bit, but there's just too many bangers for me not for me to give it an eight. So an eight point five out of ten is my final decision for the uh for the music the post game now is where do i even begin i didn't like the post game i mean i thought it was cool i then again i did just kind of skim through it i think that what is it i don't even remember their names swordward and shieldbert i think that they were they were funny okay but i think that they're stupid i think that that was probably one of the worst post games ever (laughs) honestly which it's it's better than a few other games that didn't have a post game at all 
but it just it doesn't compare to the Delta episode, to the Ultra Beast expedition in Sun and Moon, to the the islands in Fire Red and Leaf Green, to the Looker stuff in Diamond and Pearl, and all the legendary stuff in Diamond and Pearl. It just doesn't compare. It really just doesn't compare at all. It was so bad. It was just Dynamax battle after Dynamax battle, and it was just so boring. And occasionally you would fight them, and like they had like all steel types. So if you had a fire type Pokemon, you would just destroy them. I don't really even want to talk about it that much because like it's just it's not worth talking about. It's not very good. I don't think. What else do I say? I don't even remember what happens. Like I remember kind of like I know it's like. They were trying to reclaim the throne because they think that Sonya is wrong about everything that they about she wrote about, and that they can't just like make heroes up, uh, which is the stupidest motivation I've ever heard of in my entire life. And, um, <laughs> and like you go around and like they're releasing energy, Dynamax energy in the in the gym in the gyms, and you gotta go fight Dynamax Pokemon, and then you fight them, and then you go and you know you find Samazenta and Zashian, and the one that you don't get is like angry at you. Uh, and the other one comes to save you and then you catch the other one. And then, you know, it's like, it's so it's, it's stupid. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I mean, don't not do it. It's maybe some people find it entertaining. I thought it was fun, I guess. I just think it was kind of (laughs) dumb. Uh, and I, I literally only, I like, I skipped through it because I was just kind of, kind of trying to rush through, uh, completing my Pokedex so I could start shiny hunting so I could get Zacian. Uh, and you know, so maybe, maybe shame on me for skipping through it, not really reading a lot of the dialogue, but like I could understand what was going on. It was pretty easy too. And I just, I didn't enjoy it all that much. Uh, anyway, next we're going to move on to the battle tower. Uh, I will maybe hold this off more in depth for another episode because I haven't really done much of the battle tower. Uh, I did a little bit of it. Uh, because you were not required because you, I wanted to do most of it. Um, you know, the, the required amount to get the IV checker in certain shields, which is, uh, you have to be six battles and either the single or the double battle formula and get up to, you know, get up to like a certain rank and then you fight Leon and then you get the IV checker in your, in your, your box. Uh, and I really wanted the IV checker cause I was going to be hunting for Pokemon and stuff. And I think I also needed some BP, to buy like a destiny knot so I could also shiny hunt and stuff. Um, so I did do a little bit of battle towering. It was fun. I'm, I was a little bit reluctant to do it too much, uh, because I want to wait until I can breed like a very, very good competitive team for the battle tower. Uh, and also for like online battles, um, on, in sword and shield. Cause I really, really enjoy competitive battling and I like doing it in sword and shield. Um, I haven't done much of it yet, but what I've, from what I've watched from other people, it looks really fun. Uh, and I, uh, I want to, I want to breed po- competitive Pokemon for battling other people and also battling in the battle tower. Cause I think the battle tower is something that I, cause my goal is to 100% Pokemon sword and shield. And I have like a big list of things that I need to do. And one of them is complete the, uh, get to master ball rank in both of the, in all of the battle tower, uh, formulas. And I want to breed a competitive team before I do that to make it more interesting and more easy for me because 
the battle tower isn't messing around. Uh, I fought a few battles, obviously, with my just my team that I used to beat the game. Obviously, none of them have like great IVs or the perfect nature or the perfect move sets. I just kind of did what I thought was good for them uh, as I was playing through the game. And it was difficult. <laughs> um, my team doesn't really have the greatest synergy because, like I said, it wasn't like a competitively bred team. And a lot of the Pokemon, a lot of the trainers, as you go up in the ranks in the Battle Tower, are actually very difficult. I struggled against Leon. Um, I had to I had to face him like five times before I finally beat him because of his, his Charizard. Uh, I finally realized that I could just put Stealth Rocks down and, like, absolutely destroy his Charizard but until I realized that I could do that he and like and the thing about it is that his teams and everyone's teams if you lose against somebody and you go back in they're not going to have the same team as they did before or you're not going to be fighting the same person that you did before and with Leon he had like four or five different teams that he cycled through so you didn't know what you were going to fight so you couldn't prepare yourself for it and I think that's really smart and I'm excited I'm very, very excited to continue um, doing more Battle Tower in the future. Once I decide to, or once I have a chance to breed a comp you know, a competitive Pokemon team, uh, I will do it and enjoy myself because I really enjoy battling. And I think that it's, I, I never did the Battle Tower when I was younger. I, I don't, I can't think of one game where I did the Battle Tower, and I want that to be different. Uh, the Battle Tower was always something that I didn't do in Pokemon because I was never super into competitive battling until recently. And uh, I like I didn't get into competitive Pokemon battling until Sun and Moon. And I never I just never got to the Battle Tower because I was too busy on like Pokemon Showdown and on the and on online on, on on Sun and Moon, so I never wanted to do the Battle Tower. But now I want to and I want to see how it goes and I'm excited to do it and like I said I will get back to you on my experiences with it if I ever decide to do it uh, but overall I think it's cool I think it's fun um, I don't know how it compares to other battle towers because like I said I never did any of them uh, but you know if you have any uh, comments be sure to let me know if you're watching this like on YouTube or something or you can message me on Twitter or at me on Twitter if you have any opinions I'd be happy to listen to them uh, but, uh, and also the music is absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Battle Tower. Um, almost, almost done. Um, like I said, this episode's probably not going to be super long because I want to just, I want to, uh, keep it short. Um, you know, f uh, finish up this episode. I know I've also just been talking about pretty much the same thing every episode. I've just been talking about Sword and Shield. And while it is topical, I'm sure people want me to start talking about, and I want to also start talking about other things other than just doing, talking about the mechanics of Sword and Shield and instead talk a little bit more in depth about certain things instead of doing an overview kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I need to finish. So I'm going to just finish this up quickly and then we can move on to other things. But I do want to, to finalize this and give a good conclusion. Um, so the Pokemon camping and the curry making, uh, I, th I think I talked about it last time when I was talking about like mechanics and gameplay, uh, but I wanted to maybe just do a little bit more elaborating uh, because I did complete my living decks and I had to do a lot of camp uh, curry making to raise friendship with Pokemon because there's a lot of Pokemon in Sword and Shield that need friendship raised. Uh, like Snom, for example, I had to get three Frozmoths because one of uh, one of the Frozmoths I was using was on my team. I needed one for my living decks, and then I think 
I needed to trade one of them to an NPC to get a Pokemon I didn't have. I don't remember what the trade was. Um, but I decided, so I had to, I had to raise three Snoms and like raising friendship at Sword and Shield is actually pretty difficult to do it very quickly. Uh, not difficult. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, but like, and curry is the best way of doing that. And that's, and that ended up being what I did for, uh, you know, for, for, uh, raising friendship, just feeding them curry over and over again and giving them a soothe bell. Uh, it worked good, but I had a, and I found a good way to make the best curry. Um, there's a lot of curry guides out there, uh, and I, I followed most of them essentially, if you want to know like how I did it. <laughs> um, and I still haven't reached Charizard class. I, want to I really really want to get at least one curry with Charizard class and I still have to be complete the curry decks uh, I've been trying to go through and doing them in order based on what ingredients I have and doing like each of the flavors like sour bitter sweet all that kind of stuff uh, and it's been fun I actually really enjoy making the curry and making all the, and like gathering gathering the berries to make all of the different kinds of curry and if you haven't uh, considered doing the curry decks I recommend it it's actually very fun um, in my opinion, I think it's, I, like I said, I think it's fun to like gather the berries and go around memorizing where all the berry trees are and getting, you know, getting all the berries and then cooking with them and getting the ingredients from talking to people and buying them from the BP dudes or the, the wild area dudes. Uh, it's a fun little like side mini game type thing. And it's, it's, it's a really, really good alternative, uh, to Pokemon and me, in my opinion, I think it's more interactive than it ever was, obviously. Uh, and camping in general is much more interactive than it ever was with the, you know, um, with the, uh, you know, them walking around and interacting with each other and you can play with them. It's very, very fun. I, it's something that I hope that they do more in the future and I don't doubt that they'll do more in the future. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. And last but not least, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experiences with what I have been doing after the fact, after the game. Uh, after I finished everything. Uh, so I have been trying to complete the game 100%. Uh, and what that entails for me, I made up my own personal challenge. I never really did anything. I never like, I, it's, I never looked up like a guide on how to 100% Pokemon Sword and Shield. And it doesn't have like a specific way of doing so. Uh, but the checklist that I come up came up with is um, the Living Decks. Or the Pokedex first off, uh, which I did. The Living Dex, which is collecting one of every Pokemon. Uh, the Curry Dex, um, picking up every item and TM on the ground. Uh, doing every battle, so like every trainer in the in the, you know in the in the overworld and after the fact and stuff. Maybe not the battle tower, but like every battle possible uh, with NPCs that aren't like renewable. Uh, all the lead cards, all of the backgrounds and like assets for lead cards. Uh, getting one of every Gigantamax Pokemon, uh, getting Master Ball rank in everything, which is um, like, you know, in the Battle Tower, in uh, each of the double, either double or singles, and also I believe like online you can get Master Ball rank in like online battles. Um, so doing that, and getting the Catching Charm, the Shiny Charm, and the Oval Charm, um, which I've gotten all three of them. Um, after completing the game, you get the shiny charm for completing the Pokedex. You get the catching charm in one of the hotels in Churchester, and the uh, oval charm is also from from someone in Churchester. But you have to battle them, and they have a pretty hard team. Um, 
Yeah, I, I fought them with like I think I fought them with only four Pokemon on accident. And I still won, but it was really hard. It was down to the wire, uh, and I had to do some cheesy tactics. I think he has like a full team of six Pokemon, and it's like it's actually really difficult. It's like a good team, so prepare yourself if you're planning on doing that. Um, but what I've been doing recently, uh, if you've been catching, if you've been watching my streams on Twitch.tv/Lilician, wink, wink, uh, I've been doing shiny hunting recently. Uh, I'm making a sort of like a team for myself, like a gym. I'm making like a gym leader team. I have like a gym leader character that I've that I've made. Um, she's an ice type gym leader, and I'm making a mock up team for her, um, which is like, and I'm doing like a competitive team, like a like you know like an actual breeding for perfect IVs for perfect nature, perfect ability, her hidden ability for most of them, and also breeding them for shiny. So I've been that's been taking up most of my time. Um, I, right now I'm breeding for a Eevee, shiny Eevee, so I can evolve it into a Glaceon, because Glaceon, of course, is my favorite Pokemon, if you know me, and if I have, if I'm doing an Ice-type gym leader, which is my favorite type, I have to do a Glaceon, how can I not? Uh, and it has to be shiny. Uh, so, what's been taking up most of my time is breeding for perfect IVs, which hasn't been hard, and I got lucky with this, because the... Gigantamax Eevee that you get from having save data on Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee has perfect IVs. And so does the Pikachu. Uh, so all I had to do was find a hidden ability Eevee from a max raid battle, um, uh, which if you don't know, Pokemon in certain Pokemon in max raid battles can have a chance of having their hidden ability. Uh, thankfully, I was extremely lucky Eevee is a very, very low chance in a, in a max raid battle, and I ended up getting my hidden ability Eevee on my first try. And I'm pretty sure it's like a 5% chance of get, getting its hidden ability. I got it on my first try, my first Eevee, and I was very, very happy about that. Uh, I ended up getting a foreign ditto with like four perfect IVs from some very nice stranger. Um, and so I had I, I took this hidden ability Eevee, and I bred it with the perfect Eevee, the Gigantamax Eevee, which of course it doesn't pass down its Gigantamax properties, but that's not what I was worried about. Uh, and I bred it until I got the best hidden ability that I possibly could, or the best IVs that I possibly could, which I think was like five perfect ones um, in on this Eevee. And now I'm breeding it with my foreign four perfect IV ditto. And so what I'm hoping for is a female which is a 1 in 8 chance, mind you, female, hidden ability, which is a 50% chance, perfect IV, which I don't know the chances for, but it's low because most of the EVs that I'm getting right now are like 3 perfect IV, 4 perfect IV, but then again, I can always use um, bottle caps on them. Perfect nature, which if I don't get it, I can use a mint on it, which is, so that's not really, I'm not worried about that. Uh, shiny Eevee. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going all out on this Eevee. And, you know, it's something that I really, really, really want. And so that's been taking up most of my time in Pokemon Sword and Shield recently. I streamed a little bit of it. I know, like, if you don't know what I'm talking about and that was very confusing for you, uh, don't worry about it. I kind of just wanted to get my thoughts out there. That wasn't like a, you know, it's going to be on the test type situation. I just wanted to to share. Um, and if you don't know how to breed and that sounds intriguing to you, uh, look up breeding guides on YouTube. There's one from A-Drive and it's very, very good and very easy to use. It's kind of what I used uh, a little bit 
to kind of refresh myself with how to breed in Pokemon because I haven't been I hadn't done it in like a long time. Uh, but it's been fun. I really enjoy breeding and, and like hunting for I've always really enjoyed like shiny like you know trying to get like perfect IV hidden ability rare, rare shiny Pokemon. Uh, I'm like an avid shiny hunter, so it's been it's been really fun uh, doing that, especially in Sword and Shield. There's a lot of things that make it a lot there's that make it very easy. Um, like them, you know, the max raid battles, getting hidden abilities, the max raid battles are fun and they give you like cool things. Even if you don't like get your hidden ability Pokemon, you can still catch cool Pokemon and like get cool, like rare candies and XP candies and stuff. And like really good, like TMs and stuff to give your other Pokemon. So it's rewarding even to just hunt for hidden ability Pokemon and shiny hunting is always just really fun to me. Uh, so it's it's sort of a it's sort of a win win situation, and it's been really really fun to get back into it. Uh, and if you haven't already, if if you haven't done that sort of stuff and dabbled in breeding for shinies or hunting for shinies, or anything like that, I recommend that you do. Um, and you know, so so that's sort of what's been taking up most of my time. That's sort of what I've been interested in doing in Pokemon Sword and Shield recently, uh, and it's been very very enjoyable. Like the post post game you know like what to do after you've already completed everything there is to do um me shiny hunting looking for perfect iv or breeding for perfect ivs or for shinies uh looking for hidden ability pokemon looking for shinies and max raid battles completing the game 100 quote unquote doing the battle tower doing the curry decks there's a lot of things to do post post game you know what i mean like after the the quote unquote post game uh, there's a lot of things to do, and for that, I re I really really congratulate um, them, the Game Freak, for making such for making a lot of things. And then again, a lot of this stuff was present in other games, like the Battle Tower and uh, breeding for shinies and you know perfect IV Pokemon. But the introduction introduction of Max Raid Battles and um, the Curry decks is is good, and it, it's something that we just need. It's much better than Pokemon Refresh, Pokemon Ami, um, and also like the I forget what they're called, but like the islands, the islands were kind of boring in sun, in sun and moon. <laughs> they kind of, they didn't really like allow you to be interactive, but in, in like the curry decks and the camping and all that stuff, it's, it's much more interactive and it feels like it feels more, it feels better to actually do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And it's, it's good. Um, you know, that, that sort of aspect of a game where you can do a lot after the fact is, is very, very good. And finally, uh, I'm going to sort of wrap up everything that I've talked about this last few episodes, these last six weeks of EvoCast. Uh, you know, we, we, in the first week we talked about the, the new Pokemon. We talked about the, um, more game mechanics centered thing and also story focused things in episode two. Uh, and now this was sort of wrapping up other things that I didn't have a chance to talk about, uh, last time because I like hadn't finished the game yet and all that stuff. Um, but I think honestly, that I've talked about this game way more than I should have, or maybe not that I should have, way more, I've done this review way longer than I should have, um, and thank you for, uh, sticking around for so long if you have already, if you, you know, if you've been following this, this, uh, this series of episodes, uh, the past six weeks, uh, I thank you for, for, for making it this far, listening to me ramble about this new game, uh, and how much I love it, <laughs> So what do I think about Pokemon Sword and Shield? It's amazing. <laughs> I've said it before and I will say it again. It's amazing. There's a few weak points. The story was uh, one of them. Uh, a little bit of the music. 
Um, other than that, though, uh, really the only the only other big argument that I can really vouch for is the whole uh, no national Pokedex thing. Uh, but you know my thoughts about that. We've talked about that before. Uh, and also, um, you know, I have hope in the future that they'll do something about that. Uh, even if they don't, I still think that Pokemon Sword and Shield is a... It's certainly not a masterpiece, and it's obviously not perfect, but it is one of the best Pokemon games so far, in my in my opinion. Uh, it holds the place for, yeah, one of the best Pokemon games so far. I can't rank it right now. I don't know. I have, I have a ranking of... of where my favorite Pokemon games stand. Uh, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald is my favorite. Uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is my second favorite. And Omega, Ruby, Alpha, Sapphire are my third favorite. I love my Generation 3. And I really, really like Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Anyway, I shouldn't be... I'm not... We're not talking about this today. Focus, Lily. Jesus. Um, but uh, it doesn't... I don't know where I can put it on my on my favorite list. On my, on my favorites list, I mean. I don't know what ranking it has. It hasn't been out for that long yet. Uh, but overall, uh, I think it is a very, very good game. Uh, I think... You know that I'm sort of an optimist when it comes to this kind of stuff, and I'm going to stay true to that and give this game an 8 out of 10. Uh, my final... My final sort of uh, ranking for this game... Um, is an 8 out of 10, uh, a generous 8 out of 10, I think. And I think that that's sort of universal. Uh, a lot of the reviews that I've seen for this game have been like 8 out of 10, some of them a little lower, some of them a little higher, uh, some of them very low, but, you know, that's from people who, um, you know, maybe are, aren't too happy about certain things. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be super low and super high reviews, and you have to find the average. And I think that in my heart, an 8 out of 10 is perfect. I might be able to rank it a little bit higher if i'm being honest with you like an 8.5 maybe even a 9 but i think that 8 is a good place to stand um and yeah i mean i don't really know what else to say you know my feelings about a lot of the stuff you know how i feel about um about almost everything in this game <laughs> i've talked about almost every feature in this game it feels like i've just like milked it dry. Uh, but don't worry. I got plenty of stuff to talk about in later episodes about this game. Uh, it's the newest Pokemon game. You know, I'm not going to stop talking about it for a long time. <laughs> uh, but other than that, uh, I don't really know what else, much else to say about this game, except that it's really, really good. And my final ranking is an eight out of 10. Uh, so before we wrap up here, I'm going to do one more segment of the day, uh, for the day. I mean, and that of course is move tutor everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random move every episode uh, and then after that I will finish it up um, so this uh, so the move on the chopping block today is move number 308 hydro cannon hydro cannon is a damage dealing water type move introduced in generation 3 only water type fully evolved starter pokemon can learn this move uh, it is a special move it is a it has a PP of five, a accuracy of ninety percent, and a w power of one hundred and fifty. Uh, Hydro Cannon, of course, being the um the one of the three moves that the starters can learn uh, if their friendship is maximized. I believe their um I believe it's like. 
frenzy plant is number is is the grass one hydro cannon of course is this water one and i can't remember what the fire one is i need to know this i really need to know this what is the fire one blast burn of course it's blast burn okay yes uh so hydro cannon you know it doesn't really do much other than that um it uh, hydro cannon inflicts damage and then forces the user to recharge during the next turn unless this attack misses this user will always have to recharge so it's just like a, it's just like a water type hyper beam you know it's a very very strong move uh, except that it uh, forces them to recharge um, hydro cannon can be used as a part of the pokemon context combination when the user gaining four extra four appeal points if the move rain dance was used in the prior turn uh, and a few of the um, descriptions. Actually, they're pretty much all the same thing. The target is hit by a watery blast. The user can't move on the next turn. They're pretty much all the same. L literally, the entire... Like, the, the entire... All, all of the descriptions are, are this. It's, it just worded a little bit differently, so I'm not going to go through it. Uh, so, yeah. Hydro Ganon. It's the starter big move that you teach your water type Pokemon if you uh if their friendship is maximized at the end of the game nothing really much else to say uh and with that I thank you so much for listening um I hope you all have a happy holidays uh and if you're like I said if you're not listening to this on Christmas or anywhere close to the holidays I hope you have a good day regardless uh thank you so much for listening I will see you next time bye <laughs>